What is going on? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in Clovis, California, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Yes, we are live right now. A little bit late because we were trying to finish watching the last bit of the Padres and Dodgers game. So we appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, We got a great episode talking about Raiders, talking baseball, and then we're also talking about NBA stuff. So that's that's stuff that I've been excited for. So I can't wait for you guys to uh, hear it. And also, too, before we get started... Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media, subscribe, download the podcast, and also, too, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. So let's get it kicked off with the intro. So I'm going to apologize right away. Uh, my dogs are very uh, cheekly today so um they're probably gonna be you're gonna hear their little paws or them shaking with their uh little collars so i apologize in advance if you hear that uh also my children are awake so a lot of a lot of things can happen my wife is upset the dodgers lost today so uh i just want to apologize in advance there's there's probably going to be some noise but you know what that's uh that's life with uh that's the, I mean, that's family life. That's, that's what it is. So sounds like an active household. That's for sure. Yes, it is. All right, Cody. Well, man, it's good to see you. I feel like, you know, I've messaged you on, um, Marco Polo and you don't respond back. And so I just, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. (laughs) No, I know you've been, you've been busy with work. Um, but, uh, you know, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty good. I'm glad to be home. Yeah, you're right. The last couple of weeks have been a little bit tiresome with work. Although, um, did get to see you guys at your final uh, uh, football game that you got to call for the uh, uh, Sanger West Hornets, and that, aka yes. now call you the voice of the Hornets because you're now going to be doing their basketball games, which is super exciting. And then we got to host uh, your daughter again at, uh, for a sleepover at my house for <laughs> our girls to hang out and. She's exactly like you, man, top to bottom. So for, and yeah. So anyways, it was a lot of fun though. So we got to see you guys for a hot minute and, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And then, uh, yeah. we had our hearts broken on Monday with the football game, which I know that we're going to get into, but, uh, yeah. I'm just glad to be home and I'm glad to be doing the show now. Cause, uh, it feels like something that's finally stable. I'm not rushing anymore. I'm not running all over the place. I'm finally home chilling. And finally doing something that I enjoy. So I, I'm very excited for this. Yeah, man. I uh, definitely feel that, um, you know, these last couple of weeks have been crazy for us. So, um, okay, dog. Sorry, my dog <laughs> is moving my camera right now. He's like, please pay attention to me. Um, anyway, um, so, you know, this was finally the first week where we kind of got to just, you know, chill and relax. and. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we still had things to do. I like work and, you know, my daughter, we, we had a softball game yesterday and, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's some homework that needs to be done uh, on my end. So I had to do a lot of that. Like we were going to record on Tuesday, but um, probably pretty good not recording on Tuesday because I was still kind of <laughs> in my feelings about the Raiders. So uh, yeah. it's probably a little bit better that we ended up uh, recording now. So I'm a little more calm, I'm a little more like, okay, you know, hindsight. <laughs> You know, uh, there's things that we can fix, obviously, and so mm-hmm. it's it's not doom and gloom. But Monday, it was definitely doom and gloom. Oh man, the sky was falling <laughs> on Monday. Yes, yes, it was. But um, uh, you mentioned the the Hornets. Yeah, that was their final home game. Um, they're actually still playing right now on their away game. I forget who they were playing right now, but um, <clears throat> you know, definitely, I definitely miss it. Like uh, yeah. I. I didn't really think about it when you guys were there, which I, again, I appreciate you guys even showing up. That was really cool. Um, and it was a heck of a game, man. It yeah. was such a good game. Um, and I uh, felt really bad for the kids. They lost on the last second uh, touchdown, which was really yeah. heartbreaking. I mean, they technically they lost on a two-point conversion, but, um, you know, uh, it was it, after they scored that touchdown, it was just like, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's going to happen now. Yeah, which sucked. I mean, it was it was really bad. They played well. They played to win that game. Um, I think there was a couple of calls that were a little questionable, but uh, yeah. overall, they played to win that game, and, and uh, unfortunately, they came out as the losing team, which really was heartbreaking because it was homecoming, yeah, uh, it was their first, you know, or it was their last home game that they were going to get to have, um, and just fell short. Man, they they almost had their first win of the season, and I almost, I was, I I made sure that I didn't send it to anyone. I made sure that I didn't say it to anyone who was near me, because uh-huh. um, I, I didn't want to jinx it. I was just thinking to myself, with three minutes left, I was like, I might be able to get to call their first their first win. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm ecstatic, and unfortunately. Uh, they lost so uh but yeah. that was it was super fun um you know as far as the basketball team as far as i know i should be i should be doing that um you know it's not a for sure definite thing yet but um you know they said that they want me to do it so uh hopefully i will get to and uh i will definitely love doing that because um you know basketball is is another one of those sports that i don't mind watching at any time so yeah yeah looking forward to it same and then you guys got like an elite softball team now that i gotta go check out from what you were telling yeah our team is pretty good man um you know i've been playing in right field the last few uh few weeks because uh my brother-in-law who really set up the team he uh you know he promised uh to have some guys play at certain positions so you know i'm kind of on the back burner which i'm fine with i have no issue with i told him i'll play wherever um, you just let me know where and, and when. And so that's what he's been doing. And, uh, this week he was like, all right, man, I need you to play left field. And I said, you're going to about to see a gold glove left fielder right now. <laughs> and, uh, I, I actually had a pretty good game, man. I, uh, I want to say I had like five, four or five balls hit to me and mm-hmm. nothing ever touched the ground. So, um, that was good. Uh, so I was really, I was really ecstatic about that. And, you know, I'm the old guy on the team, unfortunately. Uh, me and my wife were the oldest there, so uh, I'm trying to pump everyone up, trying to get everyone into the game. So everyone's kind of quiet to themselves because we don't know, we don't all know each other like really yeah. well. Uh, like I said, it's my brother-in-law's team, so I still try and like you know pump them up, get them kind of hype, and get them ready, and 
and you know make sure that they know that you know we're we're here to root for them and so uh, it seemed to help a little bit so yeah yeah all right well <clears throat> we didn't come here to talk about me we came here to talk about sports cody that's right is that what we do okay let's do it well we were kind of talking about sports but anyway um yeah <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the Raiders' loss. Uh, Chiefs beat the Raiders 30-29. to uh, Tough loss. Raiders go for two. Uh, There's a couple uh, questionable play calls or a uh, couple of questionable uh, referee calls. Um, mm-hmm. Not a couple. There was quite a few. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, overall, what were your thoughts of the game first before we get into the calls? Overall thoughts, I thought we could have played a little bit better in certain aspects of the game. I felt like that uh, our run game was really, really good. Josh Jacobs was running the ball basically up and down the field against the Chiefs, which basically you had mentioned the last time we recorded, I think it was last week, that you said that Josh Jacobs usually feasts on the Chiefs, and he did not disappoint at a career high in rushing. I felt like our defense was actually decent, our pressuring defense. We sacked uh, Mahomes three times. Although our secondary, again, just could not contain Kelsey. And, you know, there was a collection of other receivers that were basically able to do some damage to us down the field. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about the infamous call, so I might as well mention it. You know, there was uh, a call that uh, went for, uh, again, well, for the Raiders, excuse me, with the roughing the passer call. And, uh, you know, did it, cl- did it keep a drive alive for the Raiders to score? Yes, it did. But, you know, I, there was a couple other calls down, later on in the game that kind of, you know, turned a little bit for the Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the holding penalty that was on the mm-hmm. field goal that would have switched field positions for us. Uh, the holding on Max Crosby that was on the same drive. In fact, that would have pushed him back even further. So it probably could have been ended up in a, another field goal position. So, you know, overall, I feel like we played very well. I did not like the play call of going for two. Uh, on our last touchdown, I would have much rather just played for the tie. Um, I get the argument of going for two. I just feel like, you know, it was something that uh, it was four and a half minutes left. Even if they scored, we would have had an opportunity to go down the field, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Those were my initial thoughts. I think we played really well. Uh, our playoff hopes are looking extremely dim right now. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic. Every single game, we were within a, uh, a field goal. So it's not like a touchdown. It was a field goal. So we were in every single one of these games. And maybe a couple more plays that we execute and we turn it around, you know, one way or the other. So I'm hoping when we come back from this bye week that we're on that uh, we've made some adjustments and stuff. But, you know, again, it's just the same old frustration. I feel like we're better than what our uh, record shows. And, uh, you know, yeah. we just need to see it on the field. So. Well, I wanted to start with the uh, positives first um, for for the game. On, on my thoughts on this game was, you, you know, you mentioned it, Josh Jacobs. I mean, career high in rushing yards. He was huge. I mean, he came up huge for us. Um, I mean, he's the reason why uh, we ran the ball on the two point conversion, which I I honestly had no problem with. Uh, I wish we would have tried to run the ball on. Uh, we had a fourth and one. And that's mm-hmm. when Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro ran into each other um, and ended our, you know, ended that game. But I would have much rather seen Josh Jacobs run up the, you know, you know, run up yeah. right up the middle. And, and uh, I just, I, I thought Josh Jacobs was unstoppable. And even though, yes, they did stop us on that two point conversion, 
you know, I, I still felt like overall Jacobs really was getting the best of him every single time. So, um, you know, kudos to Josh Jacobs. I mean, exactly what you were saying. I was saying it for a while. Um, you know, <laughs> we need to keep feeding Josh Jacobs because when mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of people were like, well, Josh Jacobs, he's not really doing well. It's like, well, I don't feel like we're being consistent with the run. And when we were consistent mm-hmm. with the run, you saw what happened. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a beast. There's a reason why Raider fans love Josh Jacobs, because this guy does not go down on the first hit. He is a tough mf'er. <laughs> to uh, take down for sure. So um, I, I really like uh, the way we used them. And honestly, too, a big shout-out to the offensive line. They were blocking not only on the passing game, but obviously with the running game, too. They were doing a really good job getting Josh Jacobs to the second level, and then Josh Jacobs is doing everything else. So I appreciate that. I will shout-out from the Backseat Podcast. Uh, kudos to you guys. You guys are probably on a high right now after, uh, after yeah, the no second kidding. game in the series. So shout out to you guys as uh, you guys are watching right now. So appreciate it. Um, anyway, um, another positive was uh, we went to Adams in the fourth quarter. Not as much as I still think, um, you know, <clears throat> we would have liked. But I do feel like um, when we needed a big play, we went to, <laughs> as he said, go pops. Yeah, he's totally uh, excited. <laughs> um someone's been drinking no just kidding i'm just kidding hopefully it's not Um, the expired bud light that he drank at the the home run derby stream that we did (laughs) that's true that's true uh so so ethan said that he's going to the game tomorrow clark was there tonight so okay right on okay so he's sober we're good so clark so clark definitely (laughs) is drinking uh um but anyway um you know, Adams in the fourth quarter, I mean, the big play where Carr threw off one leg and, you know, just absolutely dimed him in the end zone. I mean, it was it was beautiful. So, um, you know, that's what we needed to do. I'm not saying we needed to target Devontae Adams 10 times in the fourth quarter, even though I honestly wouldn't hate that. Um, yeah. At the same time, uh, we were targeting him and we were using him correctly. I thought, honestly, offensively, our play calls were really good. We're really crisp. We're really like, hey, we were bouncing the run game really well. And then Carr was feeling a lot more comfortable, in my opinion. And he was deciding to to throw the ball just laser after laser after laser, in my opinion. So I, I thought the Raiders did a really good job of that. Um, you know, and, and speaking of Derek Carr, I thought he was having a really good game. I mean, you kind of look at his numbers a little bit. It doesn't, I wouldn't say it really shows that he was having a phenomenal game, but you know, he went 19 of 30, 241 yards, two touchdowns, and we had that game, you know, and you don't need Carr to throw 300 yards. We honestly, I mean, you could argue that we didn't need Carr to throw for 200 yards because Josh Jacobs was running for 154 yards. I mean, he was phenomenal um but uh, the two touchdowns definitely were were huge for us and you know unfortunately obviously we we ended up losing that game the negatives for me the defense defense couldn't stop anything the defense was terrible um i have been a component that i didn't think that the raiders defense was as bad as what we thought but they played like that in that game it was it was really bad uh kelsey with four touchdowns i mean that that should never happen one guy getting all the passing touchdowns, it shouldn't happen. You should, by the third one, you should know, okay, it's going to Kelsey. And it's like we didn't figure that out. Um, and then um, I, I honestly, I 
I understood the two-point conversion. You wanted to put a little pressure on on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and make them have to and like you could you could make the argument of hey, you know, we've seen their field goal kicker. He wasn't like, you know, lights out. So I don't know, like maybe maybe uh we can get away with him missing another field goal, but I think you're playing with fire when you do that. Um I think you should just go for the tie, especially if you're an away team. I think just go for the tie. Um, you know, especially when you're struggling to win one game out of your five games that you've been playing. So, um, you know, just try and go into overtime and see what you can do against uh against them and see if you can get the ball first because mm-hmm. we knew we could drive the ball on them. We were doing it all game long. Um, you know, another thing, Darren Waller. I know he had an injury, but I think that's a negative right now. The contract that we signed him to, uh, the productivity that he has had so far, um, it's almost zero to none. He hasn't been great. Um, I know a lot of people are killing Derek Carr for him throwing, uh, you know, throwing up in the red zone where he, everyone was like, he almost got him killed. But we've seen Waller make those catches all the time. He, mm-hmm. he has to make that catch, and Carr had to throw it there. He couldn't throw it down. The offensive or the defensive line had their hands up, so he had to get it over the defensive line. And, you know, uh, I'm a little disappointed in Waller right now. I know Raider Nation definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, he was back in this game, and, I mean, almost a non-factor. And it's another guy that we just <laughs> – we need. And yeah. you know, as much as Devonte Adams, as good as he is, um, he left the Packers for a reason. You know, yes, you had Aaron Rodgers, but there was no one else helping Devonte Adams out. Now you come to the Raiders, you thought, oh, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, you know, Derek Carr. Hey, I got, I got some help. And right now, there's been no help. I mean, Matt Collins is kind of our second best receiver, and that shouldn't be it. Mm-hmm. He should not be our second best. So, um, you know, I've actually been talking about I would love to see the Raiders go after like an OBJ um, because I just feel like we need some sort of help. Uh, we need some guys who are going to play it. Obviously, I don't think we're going to. I don't think we could mm-hmm. um, money wise. But I mean, if we if there's a way we can, I'm not opposed to it because I think we got to we got to do something here because it's it's not it's not looking great. Um, for all the other receivers, even though I'm saying that, and we literally could be five and zero on five possessions, like mm-hmm. f- one possession each game. Uh, if we made a different call, if we made a, a a different throw, if we made a different run, or you know whatever it may be, different call was was uh, was made. Um, you know we we could be easily five and zero. We should have won that game. Uh, my brother in law even said I shut the game off because I thought the Raiders had it. And I was getting ready to to go somewhere, and he goes all of a sudden. I saw that the Raiders lost, and was like, "What the heck?" This is exactly how Raider fans felt. We felt yeah. like we should have won that game. So Ethan had posed a question about decision making. So his question was, "What was a worse call, McDaniel's two point conversion or Brandon Staley fourth going for fourth down?" I mean, if you're looking at it in the perspective of what the outcome was. It's mm-hmm. it's obviously Josh McDaniels. Um, if you're looking at the call overall, I would still say McDaniels because I feel like in that scenario you have yes analytics say hey go for it you know you're in you're in Arrowhead Stadium and blah 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 but my thought was you know it wouldn't have mattered 
if you were up because the Chiefs were still going to march down that field. The defense had not proven anything. So mm-hmm. you going up by two or going up by one, going for two, excuse me, um, you know, I understand what the thought process is. The defense hasn't done anything, so we can't rely on them to make a stop. Listen, the Brandon Staley thing, uh, although I don't understand it per se, like I also do think that you he is in a different boat than what the Raiders are. The Raiders can't trust their defense, whereas the Chargers, they can trust their defense. So you're okay with going for it and being like, I can trust my defense to still be able to make a stop here. Like we still have playmakers, whether or not the game was kind of like, Oh, the defense isn't doing it. You still have guys who can make stops at any point in time. Whereas the Raiders, Chandler Jones has not showed up. Uh, Trayvon Merrick has been pretty good. Nate Hobbs had a really bad game in, in, in this game, uh, which is unfortunate because he's been really good this year. Um, uh, Danny Perriman was actually Denzel Perriman. He was, he was really good in that game, but um, I just feel like to me, everyone was like, just go for the tie. Just go for the tie. They went for two and it was kind of like, okay, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's not really going to change much. Cause there's still like, I mean, I think there was like three minutes, four minutes left in the game. So it was like four and a half. Yeah. So it just, it, it to me, it didn't make a ton of sense. Um, you're still, I mean, the Chiefs had all three timeouts at that point. I, for me, I I just feel like the Chargers, I understand it from the perspective of we have the guys to make the stops. The Raiders, you know, Chandler Jones and, and, and what uh, Ethan just said, Chandler Jones did play very well in the first half. Um, but that was the first half what we've ever seen Chandler Jones actually be mentioned not like oh where has he been it's been like oh Chandler Jones he's actually having a really good good game um and uh Max Crosby leading I mean he's tied for the lead in sacks but when you only have one guy you can double him and and not really worry about anything else so I I'm I'm gonna go with I think the Raiders call was the worst one not because uh I'm a Raiders fan and I just want to be like oh we suck blah 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 but I do feel like where the Raiders are at and the Chiefs or the Chargers are at, um, it is mm-hmm. different. Uh, Brandon Staley can trust his defense more than the Raiders. And I think he was trusting his defense to make a stop and then win the game, which we ended up doing, but you can't bet on it. Like you could not bet on it in that game. Yeah. I think in my perspective, I think Staley going for it on fourth down, in my opinion, makes sense in a lot of scenarios. Now, if it's on your own territory or whatnot, I, maybe I'm not so gung-ho about it, even though number support going for it is probably the logical thing to do. My issue with McDaniels is, again, there's a lot of time left on the clock. We had an opportunity, that even if we tied to put pressure on Mahomes, could he have driven down the field, gotten a field goal or a touchdown? More than likely, but I would have played those odds rather than get us to try to drive down the field when we... You know, we're struggling in some points because, again, the Chiefs defense was uh, was kind of getting to Derek Carr if he wasn't stepping up in the pocket. But I think in my opinion, you know, Staley's going for it on fourth down isn't that egregious in some respects. And it's it's yeah. shown some life of success. And I'm, I think he's in a way like it's going to be the way that the game is. But then, like, for example, this is where analytics sometimes shouldn't be factored in that heavily. Because look what Josh McDaniels did. He played the analytics game. And some would say it cost us. And we really should have just played it conservatively. You know, there's a lot of ways it could have gone. A lot of different scenarios. But, you know, that's that's my thing. I think 
Staley's shown that he can do it because he has a an offense and a quarterback that uh, can probably get it done nine out of ten times as long as the play calls right. And then again, yeah. like what you said, the defense can be trusted. So, and one one thing that I see that Ethan just said right now is he was, uh, yeah. Thank you for putting it up. I didn't want to read it all. <laughs> and if you're not watching, sorry, I'm not going to read it all. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but like Max Crosby right now, he has six sacks, uh, which is tied for the league league with Michael Parsons. And uh, I can't think of the other person. There's another guy. Oh, Nick Bosa. Mm. Um, and so they're, they're all tied for the league league in sacks. And like, I'm tired of hearing about Nick Bosa. He's on a phenomenal defense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He, I, I don't consider him. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a really good pass rusher. He, I'm not saying that he's not. I mean, would I take him on the Raiders? Absolutely. But at the same time, he constantly is getting hurt and he's, he's really saved a lot of the times by the Niners secondary, who is very well coached and their linebackers, uh, AKA Fred Warner is, uh, an absolute beast, probably the best linebacker in the NFL right now. So for me, when you talk about best uh, edge rusher, I mean, Max Crosby has to be in the mention. Yeah. You know, Michael Parsons is having a great year and I have no problem with a lot of people talking about, could he win MVP at least defensive player of the year? I have no mm-hmm. problem with that because the Cowboys are winning right now. But I think at the, on, on another note, like Max Crosby He's been on a crap defense for the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. he is still making plays um, like like what Khalil Mack was in his first few years. Um, so hopefully this time we actually keep Crosby instead of you know letting go of a generational uh, you know pass rusher. But that's neither here nor there. Just well, saying, it helps like, when John Gruden Max- isn't running the team anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but I do like. Uh, how Max Crosby has been playing, and that is nice. And I think that I thought that was going to keep like Chandler Jones afloat and keep him going. Um, and and we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, I you know like like what we were saying, uh, Chandler Jones finally had life in that game. I hope he continues that, and I hope uh, I hope that continues because that'll definitely help our defense because that's what we needed in the fourth quarter, and we were kind of getting it, and it was kind of too little, too late type of a thing. So, yeah, and I agree with your comment, Ethan, about uh, Crosby is basically in a league of their own with the Bosa brothers, uh, Garrett, Watt, and Parsons. Yeah, it's elite company to be in, and uh, you know, just to echo. Drew's point. I hope that we consistently can keep Crosby and hopefully build up the defense to where he's still achieving in it. Just because, like, I think in our whole defense right now, he has 90 something percent of the sacks and the pressures. We really need Chandler to kind of step it up a little bit. And, you know, Crosby's still getting there, which is phenomenal. But, you know, he does need a counterpart, which is, you know, for example, anybody opposite of another pass rusher. And again, Nick Bosa is your example where there's a really great secondary that's getting a lot of pressure yeah. sacks. That kind of helps that out a lot. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Devonte Adams, Drew. And let, do you have one more point? I just wanted to ask Ethan, cause I know you'll say it on the comments. We won't answer it on here, but I'm just curious what his thought of, um, if he thinks Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa is better. So Ethan, answer that on the comments. I want to see what you say. Truthfully right, ahead, too. Cody. Truthfully. Yeah. Truthfully. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on to the Devonte Adams. So Drew, as you know, following the loss of the uh, to the to the Chiefs that we had on Monday night, a lot of controversy. Devonte Adams pushed a camera guy as he was coming in front of him, caused up a bunch of chaos. 
the guy that was pushed uh, did file some misdemeanor charges uh, on Devontae Adams. So I want to get your thoughts. What are your what's your feeling and your thoughts regarding the whole situation? Soft, soft. I can't believe the guy filed. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I. I don't know, man. I, I've been in situations where, like, I've been pushed for, like, no reason or, I don't know, like, I, you know, just, like, pushed and you, like, and you understand or something. Like, I, I just don't understand why this guy filed charges. Like, it's just, it's so bogus, man. I, I don't yeah. understand. Listen, I've been seeing, and I even saw that there was a, a NFL, or I, I don't know if he was former or current NFL photographer, but he even commented on a post on on uh, Instagram. It was a long post, and he was basically saying, I mean, Cliff Notes was, the guy should have never been even crossing in front of him. He shouldn't have even been crossing, because you know at that time, at this point, those players are going into the locker room, and especially on a loss like that, you have to realize the situation of what is happening. There's stuff that have been thrown on towards the Raider uh, Raider players already uh, at the end of the first half, and then at the end of the game, they were still throwing stuff. And then mm-hmm. also, um, Devontae Adams got a, uh, a pass uh, or a, a catch reversed, where mm-hmm. it was it was, cons- it was called no catch, um, and then. Um, and then, you know, his own player ran into him. So mm-hmm. he's obviously upset of what just transpired. I mean, no one's going to be okay with that. Um, should he have pushed him? No. But there's an argument to be made that he never saw him. And all of a sudden, some guy is right in front of him. All he knew is it could have been a uh, a fan that was mm-hmm. trying to come up to him and, and, and talk smack or whatever. So um, see you later, Ethan. I appreciate you uh, watching, man. Uh, yep, anyway, see you, brother. But, you just, I don't know, to me, I, I don't understand how, you know, and there are some people who are like, I can't believe Devontae Adams did that. I was watching uh, Inside the NFL, and Ray Lewis was like, you can't do that. That's that's disrespectful. Like, these photographers, they make, they help out the production of the game and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, you of all people should know that on a tough loss like that, you need a little bit of time to just kind of stay cool and then go into your press conference. And can we still can we give the guy that you know that Devonte Adams actually said, "Hey, you know what? I'm really like on his press conference before anyone even told him about it. He was like, "Hey, listen, I'm very sorry about that. Like, as not me, I totally didn't realize who it was. I just saw some guy cut in front of me, and you know, I just reacted, and he was I reacted the wrong way, and so I just want to apologize. And so then the guy sees that and responds with, all right, I'm going to file a lawsuit. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a misdemeanor. The, people are making it a bigger deal than what it needs to be, to be honest. There was talks, because Fresno State is actually going to retire his number uh, tomorrow, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was talks that, oh, should they cancel it? I was like, cancel it? Why? No one no. thinks this is a big deal other than the media really trying to blow it out of proportion. I don't think it was that big of a deal. I had no problem with it, even when it happened. Uh, on the first thing, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, why is that guy cutting in front of him? And I was mm-hmm. like, why is he walking there anyway? I've never seen that. And... um all of a sudden, you know, there was another camera angle and it was like, yeah, he never even saw him. It was like, yeah, it's kind of like what Devontae Adams said on his press conference was like, I didn't see the guy. Yeah. Oh, he didn't lie. Oh, my gosh. 
what <laughs> what riveting television come on yeah. people it's really not that big of a deal i i feel bad for Devonte adams really his name is being drugged through the mud on a week mm-hmm. where it should be a happy week we should have had that win and then he's going over he's going he's coming home to his college team to get his number retired and he's got to deal with this crap i i just i i'm really upset about this whole thing yeah um my my initial thoughts of it is first off i agree it shouldn't have happened to begin with whether that was the guy running in front of him or even if the guy did run in front of him for some reason he had to do it uh i don't agree that Devonte adams pushed had to push him and again, the circumstances of why he pushed him, it wasn't malicious. He didn't hunt him down. He wasn't pushing him because he's a member of the media and it was like an attack against, you know, photographers of the NFL. He's never <laughs> had a history or any sort of reputation of doing so to begin with. I, I, yeah. I agree. Like his reputation in that front is kind of being a little over exaggerated. And again, I'm coming in the position of I don't think he should have done it in general. Like had he bumped the guy and knocked him over by accident. I can see that's a little bit more justified. It does look pretty bad. It does look like that Devontae Adams just fully extended and shoved him. And again, the guy came out of nowhere. Devontae Adams literally for a brief nanosecond saw him, reacted, and then moved on from it. You know, And, and as, you, as what you mentioned, he did apologize for it in his press conference and, and all that stuff. My initial thought again, though, is I just wish he didn't do that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't like the fact that the guy filed charges. I do think that he'll probably come up with some settlement that gets him paid a good amount of money to just kind of hide. And, you know, that's essentially what this is. Um, and, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, like, I, I agree. It's kind of terrible that uh, Devontae Adams is going through all this. I don't think it warrants a suspension. Maybe a fine just because, you know, you can't... It, it's not a great look that you're shoving somebody even if, you know, there's a lot more details as you have to you know, see things every little nanosecond to kind of see the progression of what it led to. But, you know, I don't agree it should have happened, but I also think this is kind of a money grab and this is a little blown out of proportion. If there's ever a, um, if there was ever an example of somebody that, you know, America being a Sue happy country, this is pretty much a really good example of it was incidental and it was it was addressed literally in the public eye by the individual that made it happen. He was remorseful. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if, you know, it comes out that Devontae Adams actually tried reaching out to him to make it up before the filing, mm-hmm. you know? So if that was the case to show like, hey, look, man, I'm really sorry and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then still with all that evident, he still move forward to press charges and essentially will probably file suit of some sort. So that's essentially yeah. what's going to end up happening. So it's a bad look for Devonte Adams and it sucks. It'll probably blow over in the next couple of weeks. It's just one of those things that's just happened in the season and it is what it is. It's not any worse than what's happening in Washington. I'll say, but you know, for the, <laughs> for a hot minute, it's uh, it was main yeah. attraction for, for a little bit. So one, one thing I do want to push back on the, what you were saying is uh, you're saying like, I, I don't agree with Devonte Adams pushing and, and in hindsight, uh, like for me, I wouldn't have done that because that's not how I react, but I've had friends, uh, my wife even um, mm-hmm. reacts when she gets, scared or startled or something or someone kind of steps to them or gets too close i've seen people swing that's their first reaction yeah 
And that kind of is what it felt like to me because it didn't look like he saw him coming and was like, oh, okay, I'm going to push this guy. Like, he yeah. was like, he saw him and was like, oh, crap, you know, and right. kind of like looks at him. And and I'll give credit to uh, my friend Brad, um, who was like, I feel like the only thing that it, the way he reacted, I have no problem with is the fact that. Um, he should have went and tried to help him up afterwards. And I was yeah, like, that's I a good that. point. I, I think that is the only thing that I think if Devonte were to do anything different, that's what he would have done different. It was trying to help the guy up a little bit. Um, so that to me, like it wasn't the push. It was kind of like looking at him and like being upset and then just walking away. I think in, but when you're upset, it's kind of hard to like, be like, Oh, you gotta be empathetic after that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, he went through a lot. I mean, in that game, especially the last like few minutes. So um, yeah. I kind of understand his reaction. I don't really think it was that bad. Do I wish he would have kind of like helped him up? Yeah, but I, I really don't have a problem with it. So that's all I'm, I wanted to say. All right. All right, Cody. So let's take a break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about MLB postseason and we have NBA predictions. All right, guys, we are back. And I just want to give a shout out, first of all, to uh, a couple of our sponsors here. I wanted to give a shout out first to um, our sponsor at FNXFitness.com. Hey, FNX Fit, go check them out. They run out of stuff real quick. They are they're not a big popular brand, but their stuff is very good quality. Their shirts, their hats. Um, I think they have backpacks. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, blend uh, the um, God. I'm blanking the protein uh, shake bottles, the shaker have, bottles. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and then also their their uh, proteins. Their uh, I use some of their creatine every now and then, and it's just it is phenomenal stuff. So go check them out. Uh, it is Drew Code fifteen. You can get fifteen percent off your whole purchase by using that promo code. It'll be in all the show notes uh, on YouTube, on the podcasts, all that jazz. So go check it out. Um, it'll be on our social media and all that. So. Go check them out and uh, get some stuff, especially if you're, um, you know, doing some workouts, which I finally got to do, by the way. So <laughs> I was I was missing my FNX fitness stuff for a while. So go check them out. Honestly, stuff is is phenomenal, and I want to have a big shout out for Fanatics. Fanatics is uh, one of my favorite websites that I like to go on. I told Cody this last week that uh, I've been literally since we become since we became a spar. They're they're helping us with the sponsorship. We uh, we have I've been on it every single day. I've just yeah. been <laughs> looking at all this stuff. Like, what could I buy today? And I forget that um, you know I do have a budget and I have to stay within it. So I have to remind myself. But uh, yeah, they have some great stuff. Go check them out. Uh, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I mean, all the sports. Even college football. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they just came out with the uh, Nike. I believe it was the Pegasus shoe. Uh, yeah, for all they're... the teams, which they did for college and for uh, pro. So, mm-hmm. which are cool. Which I actually have the Nike Pegasus, but mine are mine are just you know the regular. And I'm like, dang man, my shoes are trash right now. <laughs> Some of those, those shoes look so good. Ways. 
Yeah. I mean, the Raiders ones honestly looks like exactly what I'm wearing right now, just with yeah. the Raider logo. So I was like, dang, all I need is like a sticker. Just place it on there. Uh, <laughs> but it wouldn't look the same. But no, go check them out. They got great stuff. They're always having discounts, whether it be like free shipping, 65% off. So uh, go check them out. They got great stuff. Um, I need a phone case. So uh, I'm, I'm going to probably buy one for the for that for sure. And I need a new lanyard because I have one that has Velcro and it's completely shot. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to be buying those. I know it's little stuff, but my wife does need a shirt. So I'm going to do that. And I'm thinking... Maybe a Devontae Adams jersey. I don't know. We'll see. I think they're on sale. So yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, that should that should be his fine. He should just like buy a <laughs> bunch of people. <laughs> should just buy a bunch of fans his jersey. <laughs> that should be his fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, and then uh, also I want to give a big shout out to a new sponsor, SeatGeek. That's right, we got SeatGeek, dude. Th- I'm so stoked about this one because. I uh, I'm going to a concert, which I'm a little upset because now I I could use the promo code or you know I could use our yeah. our, uh, our code on there, but unfortunately I already bought the ticket, so sorry, SeatGeek. But um, I do I plan on going to many more concerts and many more uh, sports games. SeatGeek is a phenomenal website. Go check them out. I've used it. It is so freaking easy to use. Um, it feels like it's like three different windows, and then you're done. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. You find the game, you find the uh, seat that you want, click on the seat, enter all that information, and if you have a login, it's even easier than that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, go check them out. And uh, if you use our promo code, which is Drew Code, and it looks like it's all capital letters, you can get $20 off your first order. Your very first order, you can get $20 off by using our promo code. So if you're planning or you were thinking about going to a game or, you know, concert, anything like that, Go to SeatGeek, use our promo code, get $20 off. I wish I would have known that because I'm going to the Fresno State game tomorrow. And <laughs> I could have definitely used that. I would have been, I would have had no problem uh, with, and oh, the the other thing was you got to, it's got to be $50 or more to get that $20 off. I would have yeah. no problem doing that. If I'm getting $20 <laughs> off, I'm cool with that. So go check them out. And we appreciate SeatGeek, Fanatics, and FNX Fit. So I just want to say all that. Cool. All right. Okay. Back to the regularly scheduled show, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cody, the MLB postseason is in full swing. We really kind of missed the the wild card as we recorded one week, and now this week, <laughs> uh, the wild card pretty much. Um, I don't know. There was a couple of surprises for me, and 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 I'll ask you about it. I figured San Diego was going to win because the because the Mets were tanking mm-hmm. uh, before that series started, and it's just like you kind of have to come in hot. I didn't think the Padres were hot, but I thought the Mets were just cold. Yeah. Um, I really thought the Mariners were going to beat the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays had been hit and miss so much um, in, in the regular season, and they kind of were starting to go. But the Guardians, um, and shout out to Clark from from the Backseat Podcast. He was he's been on them for a long time, and I I completely agreed uh, with him. Um, and I didn't think the Rays stood a chance. I didn't think the I was kind of surprised that the Rays ended up winning or getting in. Um, I thought they were kind of just, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like it was just like we had to put in another team. So it was the Rays type thing mm-hmm. almost <laughs> like I feel bad for saying that. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. I didn't think they were that great this year. And I know they had a winning record, but, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it. But um, the, the one surprising one was the Phillies over the Cardinals. I thought after game one, I was like, look, this Cardinals team is an experienced team. This mm-hmm. is a team that has a good starting rotation, has a decent bullpen. Uh, they got some veteran guys on the on the squad that knows how to you know come up clutch. And I thought the Cardinals were really going to like win the next two games after that. And they just they ended up losing to Philly again. And I was really surprised. And now Philadelphia is uh, on a 2-1 lead over the Braves, which I didn't even think was going to be possible. I thought the Braves were definitely going to mop the floor with the Phillies. But uh, it's a series, man. And so mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting to see what's going on. Cody, kind of what are your thoughts on the whole postseason so far first? I think there's a ton of good storylines to it. I think the Guardians being one is a pretty nice one, considering that they were a team that's really young that, uh, you know, if they can pull it all together, they could be a dangerous team that runs deep. And here we are in October and they're playing Um, another team being the Seattle Mariners. I think Uh, they are just catching lightning in a bottle. And unfortunately, they're going against tough Astros team. So. You know, they're going to try to find some momentum because they're down to nothing right now, but they are heading to Seattle. So that might help a little bit. Um, Some surprises for me initially right now. I agree with the Phillies because I actually am high on the Braves um, and the Braves need to steal one uh, from Philadelphia right now because I think they're going to Philadelphia tomorrow. And the series could be over really quickly for the defending champions. Um, They were in Philly today. I think Saturday says that they're playing in there now or they'll play there tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, well, they yeah they they play uh, two and two, and then whoever this has is the, the game, higher. This is yeah. the game to steal it, then. Um, and then I'm actually initially surprised that the Dodgers are falling two to one right now to the Padres. Not that I have yeah. anything against the Padres. I agree with you. I thought that the Mets were doing Met things and mm-hmm. just kind of unfolding before our eyes as they were in the wild card series. I felt like that the Dodgers, though, their lineup would be able to compete against, you know, the bullpen of the Padres and give the credit to the Padres. Their starting lineup has been really good. You Darvish had a pretty good game. Uh, I think tonight was Blake Snell. He looked like Blake Snell of old, which is really surprising because he's been kind of hit and miss. Kershaw did Kershaw things when he pitched. So, you know, Dodgers are kind of where they're at because of that. And I'm I was really hoping to see that the Dodgers lineups could compete with those uh, with those pitchers. And we're seeing right now that the pitchers are kind of winning that battle. And the Padres offense has finally come alive. It's all starting to come together this late in the season, which is what they're looking for. Just don't know if it'll be able to last whenever they go against either the Phillies or the National, or excuse me, the Phillies or the Braves. But initially right now, I mean, it's a lot of fun baseball, a lot of uh, interesting storylines that are going on, which I find uh, very compelling. And, uh, you know, I think we will see a... World Series with some first-time teams in there, and I think that's pretty exciting for baseball. Considering what's going to be coming next season with the whole rule changes, and you know, now that baseball is getting a little bit younger, maybe it'll stir up a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, of a younger audience. So, yeah, um, I, you know what, I, let, let, let's get into it because the, the question that we we uh, proposed here was. Who do we believe is going into the World Series? So I'm going to still speak from what I felt like was going to happen um, already, but I'm going to kind of go series by series a little bit. I'm just going to go quick here. Um, I felt like Houston's going to win in Seattle. I do think Seattle might steal one just because, um, you know, Seattle is a team, especially when you're going to going to play in Seattle. Um, and they haven't seen playoff baseball since 2001. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be electric. It's going to be hard 
to beat Seattle in Seattle with that type of crowd. It, it's just going to be really hard. So I feel like Seattle is going to steal steal one, but I do feel like Houston will probably get one in Seattle as well and, and finish this off. Um, so I, I do feel like Houston has this one in the bag pretty much uh, in that series. And then going uh, to the other AL game, which is the uh, Guardians and the Yankees. Look, the Yankees look flat. They look mm-hmm. flat, straight out. They uh, look the starting, uninterested, if I'm being honest. Yeah, this, the starting pitching hasn't been fantastic. Uh, the bullpen is what I was um, a little worried about with the Yankees, and I think uh, my worries were valid now. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I thought the lineup was the only thing that was kind of the saving grace for the Yankees, really, or the starting pitching a little bit. I mean, Aaron Judge going 0 for 8. Listen, I don't think he's going to be like that for long. I think he's going to snap out of it because I think he understands. Listen, it's not in the postseason. It's not about the home runs. It's about just getting on base, creating offense for your team, being that teammate, uh, whether if there's runners on base. And I think also, too, the Yankees need to stop with Aaron Judge hitting one. Uh, You can't have him hitting one. He should not be hitting one. Um, I, I understand if he's hitting two. I'd rather see him three or four because mm-hmm. then you're creating RBI opportunities and you're getting him to think, okay, I don't need a home run here. I just need to get this guy home. And mm-hmm. I think it change, It literally does. When you're playing ball, you're hitting one. You're just like, okay, I need to get on base. I need to get on base. Whereas with Aaron Judge, now he's being told you need to hit a home run. You need to hit a home run. Where if he's at three or four, it's like, okay, I just need to drive in this run no matter what. Yeah, I could hit a home run, but uh, I'd rather just get the runner in because this is postseason ball. I can't strike out here. Um, So I think his mindset would change. So I think him dropping in the lineup would actually benefit him. um, And he he probably wouldn't be so burned out because it kind of seems like he's a little burned out, to be perfectly honest right now. and then uh, the Braves and Phillies. I'm going to stick with the Braves on this one. I, I I think the Braves are still the better team. I think their bullpen is better. I think their starting rotation is their weak point. Um, and it's kind of been showing up recently against the, you know, Castellanos, Bryce Harper. And here's the thing. This is what I wanted to say. Bryce Harper has elevated his game. He has actually played a lot better than what I've seen. He's been a way better teammate than he was in Washington, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for that. So I wanna I wanted to say that because I really think that Bryce Harper has is actually playing better baseball overall because he's mm-hmm. doing it with his glove. He's he's getting on base. He's not trying to just jack home runs constantly. He's trying to create offense like what we were talking about with Aaron Judge. He's trying to create offense for his team, and that's what he's been doing. Um, And then he's leaving it up to Nick Castellanos to focus on the power. Castellanos is doing a great job of it. So um, the Braves, on the other hand, Acuna needs to step up. Uh, Matt Olson had a really good game one, but he hasn't really been much of a factor recently. Austin Riley has had really good defensive stops, but his offense really needs to get going as well. So there's a lot of the guys that they've relied on all year that aren't really doing anything. So the Braves are really going to have to step up and they need to do it quick because they're down two one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Padres and Dodgers, I'm still going to pick the Dodgers. I know they're bad. I know they're down, but if there's any team that I would bet are going to score runs in the next game, it would be the Dodgers. I think their lineup is really ridiculous. I think they're trying to focus on 
here's the thing that if I'm a Dodger fan, I'm frustrated with because obviously Dave Roberts is trying to be too cute. He had Cody Bellinger out of the lineup because they're going against Blake Snell. Now, Cody Bellinger is not Cody Bellinger of 2019, but at the same time, Cody Bellinger has been a proven guy in postseason play. He is a guy that, for some reason, all of a sudden steps up. Now, he hasn't had a great series so far. He hasn't been great, but he is a great defender. And I feel like you don't want to lose that defense in the in the outfield. And also, he is a guy that you still have to worry about. You can't groove a fastball down the pipe because he is go absolutely going to crank that. So you have to be aware of that. So I do think that the Dodgers need to just be like, listen, what's been our best lineup? Let's use that lineup. Um, and I guarantee you Bellinger is going to be a part of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do against, uh, I believe Joe Musgrove is pitching uh, this next game here. So that'll be really interesting. But overall, I had the Braves and the Guardians going, or I'm sorry, I had the Braves and Astros going. No, yeah, I had the, I had the Astros going. Um, I think this lineup is tough. This Astros lineup is really tough. Mm-hmm. Alvarez. Uh, Altuve still, uh, Bregman, uh, Tucker, who yeah. I, I actually saw from the backseat podcast. They tweeted out like Kyle Tucker is like one of the most underrated ball players, and I 100% agree. We watched him when he was actually here in Fresno, uh, playing for the AAA team at the time, and he was. I I kept saying I always said it to my wife. I was like, I don't understand why this guy is not on the Astros team. This guy is such a good ball player. He's so underrated. Uh, and then when he got called up, I remember in fantasy baseball, I was like, I'm scooping him up. I know he's good. And he has been very good. And he has been really, he's a big time power hitter. He's not one of those guys who's going to hit, you know, 300, but he's a guy who's hitting 250 and a 250 guy who's hitting 30 home runs a year. You're going to take that all day. And right now mm. he's having a really good series as well. So uh, this Astros team is good. And not only are they good, they have a really unique pitching staff like their rotation their bullpen it's sick it is sick the way they mix everything up they have christian javier who could come out of the bullpen at any time or he can start it's amazing i'm i'm just in awe of this team i still like the braves i think their bullpen is what's going to take them over i think we're seeing the weaknesses of the dodgers missing walker bueller and all that so to me i have the braves and the um and the astros but I'm really, really rooting for the Guardians, and uh, I kind of like to see the, the Phillies go. I, I would really like okay. to see that. But I think for me, if I had an AL representative, I would say, I, in my opinion, it is between the Guardians and Astros. I would side with the Astros, though. I do think that majority of that team still has a lot of the veteran leadership. Um, this is kind of ironic too, because not very long ago they were in that cheating scandal, uh, scandal, excuse me, of stealing signs, and here they are you know, on the cusp of getting into the, into the conference uh, championship. So I think, I think the Astros are a dangerous team. My only concern with them is with Justin Verlander being their ace. And not that I have any issue with him. I just think he's now pitching in October. And again, we're a season, uh, you know, he just missed one season from Tommy John and he's looking absolutely like a Cy Young award winner, you know, but we're getting late into the season. So how much left does he have left in the tank? I think is the biggest question. And yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want one of those bad starts to be during a crucial time, you know, say 
you know, game five or seven of the NLCS or the World Series because, you know, he's due for a bad outing, even though he's been good all season. You know, baseball is a long season, 162 games. Now you add in another 20-something games in the postseason if it goes that long. So I do think that the Astros, though, will prevail. And I do think it'll be the Astros and the Guardians. I have no faith in the Yankees. I think that they are exactly what you said. Their starting lineup is not very good. Bullpen is probably the only thing that is decent, but it's not consistent as well. Aaron Judge looks completely like he's done with New York. New York looks like they're ready to go home. They don't really have that hunger anymore. It seems like after Aaron Judge hit 62, they all said, okay, we're good for the season, regardless of what postseason outcomes were. They just don't have any more life. Um, And I think the Guardians being that young team, I think they're ready to move move up into the uh, into the upper echelon of the majors. But I do think the Astros will be the AL representative. And I'm actually I was rooting for the Braves. I'm rooting for the Braves on the inside. But some part of me and I'm not trying to blow smoke up anyone's ass about this, but I do think that I hate to say it. I think the Padres are going to end up there. I think that they're going to just get hot at the right time. And, you know, the Dodgers have an uphill battle right now. They're still in San Diego. They've got to steal one because Padres have already stole one in L.A. I think the Dodgers will do so, but I agree. I do agree with you, Drew. They are missing their ace, Walker Bueller, like that tone setter. They don't really have that right now. I don't know how much they can rely on uh, Kershaw just because he's proven, even in the game that he pitched not too long ago, given up three kind of early runs, and it put them behind pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. You know, in my opinion, that's going to be their downfall is that they need that ace. They really do need Walker Bueller to kind of set the tone and be an offensive team. And I think Mookie Betts needs to step up a little bit. He's only hitting, I think, I think he's only hitting 125 right now. And he has a couple of strikeouts, some crucial ones. So he's got to really step it up. And uh, I agree. Dave Roberts needs to get out of his way and just play his lineup. But uh, I yes. think in the NL, I would say that the Padres will represent the NL. So if I had to predict anything today, I would say I'm. It's probably the Astros and the Padres, but I would. If you want me to predict the winner, I can. But I, I think that the. Uh, no, okay, we'll save that. So yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, so yeah. NL, in my opinion, Padres, AL being the Astros. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for another day because I I still think that there's too much baseball to be thought about, and um, you know, listen, I think just predicting the World Series is hard enough. So yeah, you know, let's just uh, not. Not sound dumb. Well, not sound even more dumb than uh, than what we probably already do. So, <laughs> <laughs> agreed. <laughs> All right, Cody. Uh, let's transition from postseason baseball to uh, NBA. So, this is something that I kind of wanted to do. Um, you know, because we kind of been doing it with the NFL. Now, the mm-hmm. NFL is a little bit easier because there's only 17 games, so it's kind of easier to like predict the the records and stuff. So. I'm going to kind of do that, but what we're going to do here is we're going to predict who's going to get into the playoffs. We're not going to predict the records. Um, we don't need to predict, okay, you know, this is going to be the number one seed in the East. This is going to be the number one seed in the West. No, we don't need to do that. Let's just see who is going to be in the playoffs. So the uh, first question that I have set up for you, and I'll have you start it out, Cody, is who are the first six East teams? So if you guys don't know how the playoffs work, there's six teams on uh, East and West. Those teams are automatically in the playoffs at the end of the year who have obviously the six best records. Then there are four play-in teams. 
that have to play each other. Uh, if you're the eight, uh, I'm sorry, if you're the seventh and eighth seed, all you have to do is basically win one. And yeah. if you're the uh, nine and ten seeds, you have to win two games to get in. So that's kind of what we're doing. So I'm going to ask the six teams, and then we'll ask for the four teams who, who are going to be in the plan. So Cody, who are the first six East teams? in the playoffs in your opinion and why all right so in the east and i ironically i think i did rank them one through six so i'll i'll stick with this as like my regular season rankings i suppose because it's i think it's gonna be pretty close so anyways i got milwaukee bucks at number one i have the sixers at number two i have the celtics at number three i have the nets at four hawks at five i have Cavs at six those are my six Eastern teams I predict are going to get into the playoffs. Wow. All right. You ran through that a lot quicker than I thought you were going to. <laughs> <laughs> thought I had time. Um, so mine are not in any particular order. So I'm going to preface it by that. Um, I'm just looking at who I, I think is still going to be uh, relevant. And I, and I think the first team I'm going to say is the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid. Had a phenomenal year last year. I thought he was, um, in my opinion, I thought he could win the MVP. I thought maybe he would. Uh, obviously, it ended up being, uh, you know, Joker, who well-deserved. I'm not saying he didn't. Um, but, um, you know, I just think that team is really good. I know James Harden, blah, blah, blah. But listen, Embiid was doing it without James Harden regardless. So mm-hmm. I really think that uh, the Sixers team actually might be better. And I think... There's a lot of talk that James Harden looks better. He looks like he understands that, listen, he's not going to be able to do what he used to, and so, um, which is huge because when Carmelo Anthony decided that, listen, I'm not going to be the person I was, uh, I think Carmelo Anthony has been a better player um, because we know what he can do and we know what he can't do, and he's not trying to pretend that he's still one of the best players. And I think James Harden is doing the same thing. Uh, something that I believe that Russell Westbrook could really uh, take a page out of their book. So, um, you know, and we'll hopefully we get to them in a little bit. But um, another team I would say is Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat, um, they're a good team. I mean, <laughs> plain and simple. I don't think I need to really um, go into it about that. Um, I think the Celtics are still going to get in as well. Um, I know there's been a lot of issues, especially with the head coach, but I think that team is way too talented. They really didn't get rid of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they added so, Malcolm Brogdon too, who's a yeah, pretty good, probably going to be a yeah. good piece for them. And he's, he's got, some, he's got a good shot too. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to pick the Celtics in there. I'm going to pick the Cavaliers as well. The Cavs, I really, really like, um, this year, obviously adding Donovan Mitchell, who's probably that's the only thing I'm a little worried about is the chemistry with him and the regular, the other teammates. Cause this is a pretty young team. That's mm-hmm. the other thing I want to have an issue with, but they proved uh, that they can, they can play really well. This is a good defensive team. And John, Donovan Mitchell has been knocked for his defense uh, before. So I get a little worried about, uh, about that, but I do think the Cavs are going to get in. Obviously the Milwaukee Bucks, um, again, like I said, I'm not having this in order, so the Bucks probably would be one or two, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I just think the Bucks. There, there's not much else to say other than they're just really freaking good. Yeah. Um, 
And I might surprise you, but I'm looking at a lot of the East teams. I'm just like, damn. I know. This was tough when I was doing it, too. I'm going to go with the Raptors. I think the Raptors are still a a viable team. I thought they were really good. They kind of, like, burn out. But I do think the Raptors, um, I think if I'm going to trust a team to get in the first six, yeah, uh, I, I over any of the rest of the teams that are available. I think I would I would trust the Raptors. Right on. All right, so Cody, who is your four teams going into the play-in for the East? All right, so these four are not ranked. I will say that as I say them, they're <laughs> just the ones I wrote down. So the first six, I'd say, yeah, that's my ranking. The play-in teams are not just they're just teams I wrote down. Um, Chicago Bulls are, in my opinion, a play-in team. Um, I think there's a lot of question marks around Lonzo Ball, who essentially they signed a couple off-seasons ago, who was supposed to be the facilitator, helping the defensive uh, department. And, you know, he's got knee issues. And I think earlier this off-season, you know, there was uh, he was saying that he hasn't even ran, ran or jumped yet since his first surgery, which is really alarming. He had a second one, so we'll see how his recovery is. But the Bulls defensively just really need him. Uh, he's not really known for his offense, even though he can get to you a bucket if needed, but he's definitely a facilitator and leads that defense. So I think though the Bulls uh, are going to be missing a couple of things, and I think that they had a lot of uh, in-season magic last year, but I think they're going to be probably a play-in team in this upcoming season. And then another team that I have in the plan would be the New York Knicks. I'm not a big fan of them. I do think that they have enough talent to push for a playoff seating or at least get into the play-in, but uh, they still have a lot of question marks. I don't think they really answered it. And I mean, Julius Randle right now probably won't even be on the team by the end of the year just (laughs) because that relationship is souring really quickly. Um, I do have the Miami Heat as a play-in team. And the reason why is because they showed a lot of discourse towards the end of last season. And I really felt like their collapse was... Pretty alarming considering they're a pretty well, uh, well-organized team. And I just felt like that they were missing that. I think that maybe some of these young pieces are going to be moved one way or the other. This team has been together a little too long to where it's kind of proven that they're not really winning together any longer. And that something's going to happen where there's a, some sort of trade or change somewhere. And I think it will affect the heat. I do see them as a playing team. And I'm, I would suggest if I had to be, if I had to put them in a in a ranking, I'd say they're probably going to be either the seventh or the eighteenth. I think they're really talented still. I just don't see them as a for sure playoff team at this moment, just because there's a lot of question marks I have for them. And then the uh, final playing team I have, I would have the Toronto Raptors. So I think that they were. A, I agree, they're a young team. They don't really have a star that they could rely their offense on. They really play a lot of like team team basketball. Sometimes that gets you so far, but in other places, it's not so much. I really think that uh, the Toronto Toronto Raptors will show that they do need some sort of a second star piece. I don't think Scotty Barnes is enough. Uh, Pascal Siakam, he's he's a good piece, but I think that he... I don't know if he's enough for the Raptors to help get them over the top or at least get them back into the playoffs as a one through six seeding. So those are my four playing teams, Bulls, Knicks, Heat, and Raptors. All right. My play-in teams for the East, I have the Chicago Bulls as well. I agree with you. This is a team that is very talented, but I do think they fell off when they lost Lonzo Ball. 
And it kind of seems right now that we're not sure when he's coming back, right. um, which is a little concerning if you're a Bulls fan. Um, I also have the Brooklyn Nets. Listen, I know what everything has gone through, even without if KD is healthy. Now, that's a big if. But if KD is healthy, even if Kyrie is like checked out, like I still feel like this is a really good, te- good enough team to get in. Ben Simmons, as you look great, no. But I still think he is a guy who is a good facilitator. And honestly, I think him and KD work a lot better than than KD and Kyrie do. Um, and I and the you know big factor for why you would keep Simmons over Irving is Simmons plays defense and he's really yeah. good at it. So um, I just think that it'll it'll end up working out. Hopefully. Honestly, I hope this team trades or gets rid of Kyrie somehow, some way. Um, so that way we can really see how this team can really play. Because with Kyrie, I think there's some. It, that's the thing that's holding them back. Um, then I have the Wizards. I agree with you. I, this Wizards team is, is good. I think Bradley Beal needs something. Um, I th- Honestly, I think if the Wizards are, would go back to Russell Westbrook, I actually don't think it would be that bad because this the Westbrook actually was really liked in Washington. It was actually a surprise that he left, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I think Washington would welcome him. And honestly, Bradley Beal really liked Russell Westbrook. So um, I, I think the Wizards might make a move and. If it's Westbrook, I wouldn't be that surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kuzma is another one of those factors that he really stepped his game up last year, and yeah, uh, I, which I'm really glad for him. As as a Laker fan, I wish we would have kept him, but uh, I really like Kuzma, and he's actually getting the ball more. He's being able to shoot more. Is he always is he always fantastic? No, but uh, I am I am happy that he gets to this opportunity. And my fourth team, I'm going to go with the Hawks. I really. Really, 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 really wanted to pick the Pistons, but it's such a young team. I don't yeah. trust them at all. But I really like Ivy and Cunningham. I think that's going to be a dangerous combo. Uh, but they're young. And yeah. whereas the Hawks, as much as I don't trust Trey Young, I do trust him to hit a lot of shots. And that's exactly what he's going to do. And that's exactly what they need him to do. Yeah. Um, and so when push comes to shove, uh, it's it's going to be uh, I I think it's just going to be the Hawks, the the low end East teams. It's not great. <laughs> no, it's not. I, and I almost thought about the Magic too because they actually have a really good team. But again, they're very young as well. Uh, the Pacers are kind of rebuilding, so it's just it was kind of hard. And the Hornets, I don't know what they're doing right now. Hornets two years in a row have been on the cusp of a playing team, so they're. It's almost like they are due for success, but they're not prepared for it, which is I, which is kind of weird to say. But yeah. I, I don't know. It they've got a lot of growing up to do, and uh, I just don't see Lamelo Ball leading them to the playoffs, in my opinion. So, yeah. All right, Cody. Who is your first six teams from the West in the playoffs? So these are in no particular order. This is not my official ranking of these one through six, <laughs> but these are the first six I have that are, I believe are going to obviously get into the playoffs. So I've got the Warriors. I have the Mavericks, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Clippers, Grizzlies. I think honestly, kind of how they are. I really think that this six is super solid. And I will say that the West is actually 
probably a lot more competitive because there's probably two or three more teams I could have made an argument that could be in one through six. Um, I think the Warriors are probably going to go through the first hurdle, but they're going to obviously they'll make it. They're the defending champions. I think Dallas is going to be a team that uh, is going to be looking even better than they did last season with adding Christian Wood. The Nuggets getting Jamal Murray back, in my opinion, is absolutely huge. I see that the Nuggets are probably the probably the second biggest threat to the Warriors in defending the championship. Timberwolves, I know that they got Rudy Gobert. I have them as a solid team just because they're they've kind of got some continuity. I will preference that I do see them as one as one of the six, but I don't see them lasting very long just because I don't know how the two big man system is going to work, considering that the league is going to a more of a spread offense. So I'm just preferencing that. I think the Clippers, I'm going to preference this. The Clippers are a team to be reckoned with. They're getting Kawhi Leonard back. They're getting Paul George. They signed Paul. Uh, they signed um, John Wall, who probably come off the bench. They have, uh, they have Tyron Liu, who is a championship coach who gets the best out of his players. And that was evident last season when the Clippers basically yep. kind of made a run towards the end and he had them playing solid basketball. So I think that these, and obviously I have the Grizzlies. I'm sorry. Uh, John Morant, along with that young Grizzlies team, they have a tenacious defense. My only thing is I really hope that their shooting stays consistent because if it does, then they are another team that could easily bounce out the Warriors. I think the Warriors have a tougher, tougher battle this season than did last season to win the championship just because these teams are healthier. These teams have now reloaded and gotten players back now. Uh, again, Nuggets getting Jamal Murray, Clippers getting Kawhi Leonard back. I think those are huge. So I, I see that the West is going to be even more parity, in my opinion. And I think the Warriors run the risk of not even getting out of the semifinals. My opinion, if we were to do playoff predictions, but that's what I'm saying now, at least one through six. All right. My, my one through six, I'm going to go through them kind of quick here is, um, again, no particular order, of course. Um, I have the uh, Mavericks uh, in and. What more do I need to say? It's uh, Luca, who is the truth, the light, and the uh, the NBA. I mean, the he's, he's, yeah, he's a messiah. I mean, he really is. Um, no, uh, Luca is, is phenomenal, and I don't think he's going to come in three years in a row out of shape. And we haven't heard that all all preseason long so far. So I think Luca is actually going to be ready to go. But I think it's also going to help that. He's going to be able to rely on Christian Wood a lot to make a few shots here. Um, so it's not going to be Luka-centric because I felt like in the playoffs they died because they kept, it was just like, hey, Luka, here, Luka, do this, Luka, do that. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I can't do everything, guys. And that's why they're talking about how bad his defense was. He was like, well, I got to save myself for the offense. That's all, I, that's all our offense is. So I think this is going to be a real different and dangerous team uh, with Christian Wood being added. Um, Denver Nuggets, as you say, Jamal Murray's coming back. Joker, who's the defending MVP. And then you also talk about Michael Porter Jr., who this guy is a beast when he gets to play. Unfortunately, he's constantly injured, so hopefully they can stay healthy because I think that could be the number one seed in the West. I really do. Um, then you have the Memphis Grizzlies, Jaw. I think if you're looking for a different guy who could possibly win MVP, I think John Morant is the guy that you're going to look for because I've seen Zion Williamson having those, and I'm like, dude, this guy is constantly injured. Jaw, on the other hand, was like 
they were putting it to the Warriors. I mean, it was a dangerous game. Yeah. Uh, I really liked, like John Morant, and I think if he stays healthy all year, he is a potential, and I think almost, I think he should be a big-time favorite for MVP because he just won, uh, <laughs> what was it, Comeback Player of the Year, which was yeah. weird. That was weird. I don't understand the uh, Comeback Player of the Year, but... I oh no! Really, most improved. Really, he won most improved. Most improved. That's what it was. Like yeah. okay, most improved from great to excellent. I mean, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, but John Morant, dude, this dude, he elevated that team, and um, you know he's absolutely electric. I think he is an MVP candidate for sure. Uh, the Golden State Warriors. I think it's hard to keep them out, especially they were the champs. But when you have Steph Curry, when you have Klay Thompson, uh, you know, Draymond Green, say what you will with the punch, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, Jordan Poole. Um, I think Jordan Poole is going to take a step forward. So I, I really like this team. Um, and uh, I know you're not too fond of them because they're a little bit older. But I, I really do like this team. Again. As long as they stay healthy, this is a phenomenal team. I have the Los Angeles Clippers as well. Like you said, Kawhi's coming back. Paul George is coming back healthy. Um, they they did sign John Wall. I don't know how much, how big of you know a thing that is to to sign John Wall, but I think he will definitely add a dynamic to the second team. Uh, which is going to be huge for the bench, you know, coming off. You know, you get your top guys coming off, and you just have this guy who just plays the game completely different than what you've just been guarding. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a uh, that'll be a cheat code for them for sure. And then I think uh, the Phoenix Suns. I think the Suns are, you know, listen, they're they're still a good team. As much as I honestly kind of wanted to put them in the play-in, I also don't want to because um, I. I don't want to bet against Chris Paul. I'm not a huge fan of Devin Booker, as a lot of people are. I don't think Devin Booker um, is, you know, a top 10 guy, in my opinion. I don't think he's top 15, to be perfectly honest, as well. I think he's a really good player, but he's, to me, he's kind of a one-trick pony, and, and um, you know, I don't trust guys like that in, in to lead their team. So um, I, as long as they have Chris Paul, though, and him, that's a dangerous combination. So, um, Suns would be uh, rounding that out again. It's not in any order. I don't. I really don't care about the order. Just about the teams getting in. All right, Cody. So to round out what we have, the four play-in teams from the West. Who do you have, and why? So again, in no particular order, I have the Portland Trailblazers as one of the play-in teams. I do think that adding. Uh, Jeremy Grant will help the team with uh, Damian Lillard. I do think that that is an element of their offense that they needed. Um, I I don't know in what, again, what order I'd imagine they're probably going to be sniffing closer to the ninth seed or the eighth seed, but I do think that they have enough that could be somewhat of a pest in the Western Conference. Next team I have is the New Orleans Pelicans. I do think adding Zion, having CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, I think this is a really good and up-and-coming team. I actually really wanted to put them as one of the top six, but I just couldn't justify it just because I feel like the six I have have a better argument on staying there. I think the Pelicans are going to be a team that will surprise a lot of people, and I, but I do think that given the opportunity, they could be prepared for a pretty good playoff run, especially if Zion Williams is healthy. He just adds a different dynamic to that offense. You don't really understand how explosive he is until he's off the court. And the Pelicans needed that kind of explosion in order to, to keep developing. And I, and I think that they 
are going to really show that now with Zion back on the floor. Uh, another playing team I have is I have uh, the Phoenix Suns. I do not have them as one of the six. I have them as a playing team. I can't bet against Chris Paul, like you mentioned. I do think, though, that the dysfunction with uh, DeAndre Ayton is apparent. And I agree. I think Devin Booker isn't a top 15 player if we're talking overall players. I think in, in his position, he's very, very good. But I agree. He hasn't really developed how to get away from double teams to create additional offense. When his uh, shot is cold, he doesn't really go to the basket and create for others, which is kind of concerning. Um, I do think, though, that as a well-coached team, they're good enough to at least, you know, be a seventh or an eighth seed. Um, you know, maybe they'll tie for eighth and ninth or something like that. I don't think it's going to be a tremendous drop-off, but I don't see them being the number one seed in the West anymore. I think, I think yeah. teams now have two years of film on them to kind of play them a little bit differently, and you can tell towards last season the Suns just weren't playing Phoenix Suns basketball anymore. And then as uh, the final playing team I have, and I actually will say that they are going to be dead last in this in this ranking, one through ten, so to speak. I do have the LA Lakers. I'm going to go on a limb and say that. I think that they will make some sort of a move in the either whether it be at the beginning of the season or at the trading deadline. I don't see uh, Westbrook being on the team at the end of the season. Um, I do think that Darvin Ham will do something to change this offense one way or the other. Um, honestly, I know I it, I shouldn't say this, but it couldn't be any worse than last season. I do think that if AD and LeBron James can both be on the floor more than 50 games together, respectively, I do think that they're at least a play-in team. They won the championship together with a collection of other players. Um, I do think that this roster has enough to maybe get them into the play-in at least, even out of spite of Russell Westbrook. Uh, I don't mind Patrick Beverly being on the team with that uh, defensive mindset and just being a tenacious player. Um, you know, it's clearly not for offense, but you know, it'll be a really good tone setter, so to speak against the other teams. Um, and I'm just going to go out on faith that, you know, they're going to figure it out. LeBron James is not going to miss the playoffs again. I think that he'll find a way to get them into the playoffs and give them an opportunity. He'll, he'll keep his body healthy. And I think AD will be a lot more healthier this season. I think Darvin hands offense will be a little bit better for them. I expect him to be the worst defense though, in the entire league. I think they're going to be 30 out of 30 for sure. I was watching their preseason game the last two games and they couldn't stop a nosebleed. So I don't have, I don't have a whole lot of um, positives to say about their defense. I just think that they will just outlast some teams and I think that they'll find ways to get into the plans. That's what I have. All right. So um, I have the T wolves in uh, again, it's no order. I have the Timberwolves. Listen, I think they're going to use Rudy Gobert in the way that Rudy Gobert wants to be used, where he doesn't want to be the number one offensive uh, guy. He doesn't really want to be the number two offensive guy. He will probably be the number four option, um, which is perfect for him because, you know, he's used to only scoring like 10 points a game anyway. So he's a guy who's going to get rebounds. He's going to, which is going to help, um, you know, Cat um, go out and on fast breaks. Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, this is this is a really good team. I actually really like the Timberwolves, and I think they're going to use their guys the right way. Now, the only thing is. Um, you know, having two big guys is like what you said, where the where the league's kind of going towards the guards, they're kind of going with the big men. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I think it will, though. I really think, you know, Gobert's not really going to be in the way. He's a phenomenal defender, which is actually going to help uh, because Cat should be a phenomenal defender, and he sometimes has some weird, just like 
I don't know. He just looks like he sometimes he's lost on defense. So uh, I, I think this Timberwolves team is going to be a lot better. I also have the Pelicans. The Pelicans, listen, Zion looks in great shape. Obviously, he just got hurt, though. So, you know, there goes his MVP odds. Um, but um, I, I like the team without Zion or with Zion. Uh, I think they're just much better with Zion, obviously. I don't think anyone would say, oh, they're better without him. Uh, but CJ McCollum, you know, Brandon Ingram. Ingram finally came into his own and is really stepping up as as scoring leader. Uh, CJ McCollum is a is a veteran presence who's definitely going to help them threes. Uh, he's he's a he's an okay defender. I don't think he's great, but I think he's he's okay. Um, so I think that'll definitely help them out. I have the Thunder oh, as okay. as a, a plan. Um, I want to pick the Rockets because I really am rooting for the Rockets. I want to pick the Kings, but I just don't trust the Kings. I actually really like the Kings team, to be perfectly honest. I really like the Rockets team, but both teams very young. Um, Jazz, I think they're they're in a rebuild right now. The Trailblazers, I think they're... Yes, they got Jeremy Grant, but you're not helping your defense, which is I think they're going to be last in the league in defense. Um, and then uh, the and the Spurs, I think with what's been going on this past couple of uh, off seasons, I think it's going to hurt them. So that's why I picked the Thunder. I think they're actually a young team, yet they have playoff experience. Uh, so I think they know how to get it done what to do. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I know it's preseason. You can't really take much about from preseason, but they're five and one in preseason. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, and that means to me, that shows that you have a little bit of depth. Um, and that's what there's been their strong suit, uh, going into each, every season, their depth, you know, when they sub guys out, it's not a lot of change. Uh, so I think that's really going to help them out. Um, and then I'm with you. As much as I don't want to, but I, at the same time I do, I have the Lakers in. I, I do. I, I I trust LeBron James. Listen, AD and LeBron play well together. It's when they added Russell Westbrook is where we've had a kind of a mess. I thought Russell Westbrook was going to be really good for them. I was Obviously, I was wrong. I think they're going to get rid of him. I, I think it's apparent because he came out of today's game with an injury, and I put that in air quotes because I think it has to do with the videos of him not being in the huddle, you know, and they interviewed him today, and he was laughing, and it was like, dude, you're so tone deaf. It's ridiculous. I hate this. Um, you know, if if there's any way we could get just depth for him, I would be okay with it. I I have no problem trading him for guys who are you know who you would say, oh, that's that guy like is not on the same level of Russell Westbrook. Listen, we need depth. We don't need a Russell Westbrook. We we have a a pretty decent team. If you take Russell Westbrook out, like it gels well. And I actually think this offense is really good with Darvin Ham. I think it looks, it is completely night and day from what we had with Frank Vogel, who was a defensive coach, to now mm-hmm. Darvin Ham, who is a offensive coach. So I do think in that perspective, uh, you know, it still could possibly work with Westbrook. I'd rather just go away from it i don't want to get Kyrie irving i don't think that's the answer i want like i said i want more depth if we could trade it to uh you know get some guys from you know the jazz or the spurs i think or even trailblazers if they're starting to you know tank a little bit i think there are there are trades in the league where you could go after and get 
um, you know, who would be willing to trade because I think there's a lot to get out there that would help with your depth and you could go younger, you could get maybe older, whatever you're, you're wanting to do, you can do it. Um, and I think you can do it with Westbrook. I just, you know, I think the Lakers are still like, well, we have Russell Westbrook. We're paying him this much. You got to get over it now. <laughs> you yeah. got to get over it. You're, you're not going to get what you're wanting. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen now, unless uh, he all of a sudden just turns it on for some strange reason. Um, but um, I just, I'm not willing to ba- uh, bet on that. So for me, I think if you're the Lakers, uh, go get depth, trade him away, maybe get another big um, and, and a guard and, and just go from there. Can't disagree, man. All right. Well, that's it, everyone. That's right. It took us forever, but we're here. <laughs> no, I appreciate everyone listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we're always excited to do this episode. Go follow us on all the social media sites, as Cody said in the beginning, uh, which is uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also TikTok. Um, also, follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, which is obviously True Code Sports Talk. Um, and like and comment on all the videos. We always want to hear from you guys. Um, go to all the major podcast sites, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart, uh, where uh, you, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review as well. We always want to hear from you on those as well. Uh, give us a five star, and that's it. And that's all we want. No, just kidding. But if it is going to be a five star, you know, let us know what you like. Uh, that way we can continue to do that. And if it's a one star, let us know what you didn't like. Maybe we can fix it and we can change that one star to a five star. So please uh, go ahead and do that. And like I said already in the middle of the episode, uh, we thank our sponsors uh, who SeatGeek. Like I said, go to SeatGeek. You can get your first order $20, $20 off uh, by spending $50 or more. Uh, by using our promo code so go and do that fnxfit.com go check them out like i said they sell out quick but they always have deals and just like fanatics and speaking of fanatics fanatics always has deals they're another sponsor go check them out they have like 65 percent offs or they will have free shipping so go check all of those sponsors out we thank each and every one of those sponsors um we plan on doing hopefully uh uh, like a commercial or something to do that because we've been itching to do it so hopefully we get to do that pretty soon uh for each of these sponsors um so i'm gonna throw it over to cody to kind of finish it off uh so cody go ahead well guys there's not much more to say after what drew had mentioned so i we appreciate you guys for listening um as drew had mentioned you know shout out to all the uh partners and our sponsors that are supporting our show we hope that you guys support them and again as what drew mentioned in the description special links discount codes all that stuff will be linked down below and uh we appreciate you guys for uh being such great folks to us and we hope that you go show them love i will also remind everybody too that we do have some amazon links in our description as well so we have certain equipment that we're doing this podcast if you're interested in doing a podcast the equipment that we use is linked down below to get started um ironically ethan earlier who was kind of uh asking us some questions earlier he actually asked me yesterday what mics we use and i i gave him the links and the advice and so you know 
he's him and Clark are looking to upgrade. So that's kind of exciting. If you guys are looking to do the same, go to the links down below and it's all there. So next week, you guys, obviously we're looking forward to talking with you guys. We'll probably have some more baseball to talk about more football. No Raiders this week. It's bye week, but of course we'll be, you know, more than happy to look ahead. So I'm going to wrap it up guys. Appreciate you guys for listening to us. And again, don't forget to subscribe, download, like, share, follow, all that good stuff. Everything's in the description below. So can't stress that enough. Cody, real quick. If the Padres beat the Dodgers in the uh, the NLDS, we might Uh have to have from the Backseat Podcast on our podcast because we're going to have to hear that, man. We're just going to have to hear that. So uh, if the Padres do win, I would say definitely watch our show because I think we're going to try and get them on for sure. Oh, yeah. That would be totally fun, especially to get you and Clark. I think we haven't had any other than the the Home Run Derby stream. Not all four of us have been on the screen at the same time. So I think that's something that we have to yeah, plan out, true. especially especially yeah. if they if they advance. I, I do think so. That's huge. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, guys, all right. we're signing off. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. See you.